bread. Pentecost. Jewish, for the Jewish community, this is the, the, the day they celebrate the Feast of Weeks. And for us, it's Pentecost. Now, in June, uh, the whole month of June, I'm going to do a sermon series on Leviticus 23 on the different feasts. There's eight feasts, and we're going to do all, all eight of them in four Sundays uh, in there. So I'll come to Pentecost again in more detail on uh, June 20th, which is also Father's Day. And so I go along. Tammy Brown, I guess that the, this Larry Allen Sunday School class talked Pentecost today. And then there, uh, Tammy Brown, they're on chapter 5 of Leviticus. They meet that first classroom on the right. Uh, and they're in the, the book of Leviticus and Torah. Why is study in the Old Testament important? I'm going to be honest with you. When I started seminary, I was like, man, you know, that Old Testament stuff, these vows and eye for an eye and all that, it just confused me. And I never really wanted to study it. But I was just trying to get through each class. Well, one professor I had, in fact, was the book of Leviticus, he goes along and he talked about when you read the Old Testament, look for Jesus. Look for Jesus in the Old Testament. Not so much physical, but the stories are, are related and are, are Jesus-type stories or salvation-type stories. Pentecost is a salvation-type story to all, out of all of Exodus, where Moses is the lawgiver. <clears throat> Moses is... The one that God sent to save the people out of Egypt. And he brings them to the brings them to the desert. He brings them to the mountain. Exodus chapter 19 is the story, the reason we have Pentecost, what we see there. And, and on this feast day, on this feast day, they're there. It took them 50 days to get all the way there, and Moses up and down the mountain a couple times. This is the day. And this is what's important when you really start to study and understand the Old Testament to see how precise God is in all that he does. This is the day in which Moses comes down the mountain with the law, the word of God. Moses comes down the mountain the first time with the word of God. The Ten Commandments, the Torah, he comes down and the people receive the word of God. And that's going to be important. It's really important when we study other things, and I'll cover a little more of it. Pentecost is also the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. When we read our scripture, we'll get into that. Uh, Exodus 19 is the story of, of that that we recognize there. But the Feast of Weeks is what the Jews are celebrating today, or this weekend, the Feast of Weeks, is 50 days from the Feast of First Fruits until the Feast of First Weeks. Jesus was raised on the feast of first fruit. Paul says that Jesus is the fruit, first fruit from the dead. And when we get into uh, when we get into our feast days, we'll study that a little more. And, and so this is the day of the 50 days later, kind of the feast of week, week being very important there. And yet it's also the day in which they got the law, we get the Holy Spirit. Different Old Testament and New Testament time. And it's really interesting. I don't really have a whole lot of time to run through it all. But take what you have here and come back on the 20th and you'll hear it. But you really need to hear all the feasts because it leads up to, uh, they all lead up to each other. Uh, so our scripture comes out of, if I haven't confused you enough, the scripture comes out of the book of Acts, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And then later on in the sermon, we'll jump on to the Ezekiel verse. 
When the, I mean, excuse me, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, they were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language, which we were born? Jump down to verse 12. We hear them speak in our own tongues and wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, They are full of new wine. Verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And my and on men, my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and the signs of the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall turn be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is the day, this is that I already mentioned that the people got, the people got the, the Word of God. They got the Torah, which is the first five books, or the Law of God. They received the Law of God. So this is the day that we celebrate the birth of the church because we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. The day that Joel, chapter 2, he talked about, that I just read that, that Peter talked about. <clears throat> and we go along. And, and so we go along, and it happened 2,000 years separation between the two. 2,000 years. Again, I bring out when we study the Old Testament, when I start finding out is when God did something here and he's going to do it again or something real similar to it, it's on the exact same day and almost exact same time. Uh, so we'll go along here. And so here is the difference. Here is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The, the Old Testament is very relevant and we need the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a lot of things still being fulfilled in the Old Testament. The New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And as we go along, I talked about my professor that I was in seminary with, my Leviticus professor, Old Testament professor. And he says he never preaches out of, out of the, he never preaches out of the New Testament. He uses the New Testament to support the Old Testament. And he preaches Christ from the Old Testament in everything he does. And, and so I, I couldn't believe that one day, so I went to one of his sermons, and sure enough, he does. But so, but here, in a nutshell, here's the difference. In the 
in the Old Testament times, they had the law. The law was written on tablets or on parchment paper later. And, and we find it on brass, uh, brass scrolls and things like that, or copper. And what we find that the Old Testament was written. The Old Testament, when they were going along, they were more established, was hung on the walls of the law of God. Was hung on the walls. They got up and they read it. And all these things. And the law of God was outside. And the people had to study it. And they knew it in their mind. But today, for us who believe in Christ, for us who have been baptized in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting about verse 3. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ. Clearly, you and I are an epistle of Christ. We are the living word writing our story today. The epistle stands for story. You are an epistle of Christ. Minister. Ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh that is in our heart. No longer do we have to rely on the old, on the old paper way. If we would open our hearts to receive God and the Holy Spirit, if we would open our hearts to receive God and the Holy Spirit, He will write His commandments and His words on our hearts. Jesus says it's not what, it's not what comes out of you, not what you put in that defiles you, it's what comes out of you. James said there should be no way, no way, you know, uh, salt and salt water and fresh water cannot intermix. And so how can you be, you know, talking nasty and, and ugly to people and then turn around and praise God and say, I love Jesus. See, the two can't mix. And, and so how do we know, how do we know whether somebody has the Holy Spirit living in them or not. Their actions. Their actions. If God is living in you, if God is living in you, you should be acting like Jesus. You should be talking more like Jesus. You should be, you should be uh, acting more like Jesus. You should have the love for humanity that Jesus has. But I'm going to tell you what, when you start living like Jesus, a study of Jesus' life. It's a hard, hard life. It's hard to live with that kind of love. People are evil and mean, and people are, are not, uh, not real friendly at times. And yet, those are the people that need to love the most. Those are the people that love the most. Boy, I have been a couple people lately, not so much church members, but when they call, they just irritate me. And because when they call, they always have a problem. And no matter what advice you give, they don't seem to take it, and they still got the problems, or the problems have gotten worse. And but yet, you know what? I mean, one time, I mean, just this last week, that phone rang, and that person's name popped up, and I'm like, wow, I thought I blocked that number. <laughs> <laughs> and I let it ring out, and I got studying for the sermon for this Sunday to realize would God have blocked the number? Would God have ignored the phone call? So I had to call the person back and apologize. Hey, and uh, you know, uh, I'm just sorry, but I, I didn't get, catch your call. But because we've got to realize, sometimes it's the meanness and ugliest people. The reason for that way is because they don't feel love. And it's our job is to love the others. 
And so our second part of our sermon here is, we run to this, uh, Exodus chapter 37, 1 through 14. And I'm not going to read all of it, I'm going to read chunks of this for the sake of some time. But this is Ezekiel that, that, that comes to him. He says, the hand of the Lord comes and speaks to him. He says, that the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit. And the Lord set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was a full of bones. He caused me to pass by them around beyond. They were very, they were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter to you and you. So I prophesied and I commanded as I was prophesying that there was a noise, a sudden, suddenly a rattling. The bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked at looked, the flesh came together, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. He also said to me, Prophesy the breath of prophecy, son of man, say to them, breathe. This says the Lord God, come into the four winds, O breathe on these, on these that they may live. He's waking up. This is a story really about Israel, a prophecy that's fulfilled about Israel, but we can use it today for us. Because Christ has come. Christ sat there and said, I come and I live and I must go. So the Father can send the helper, and the helper of the, of the Holy Spirit. If you look at that first century time, the, the people of God, of course the church wasn't birthed yet, the people of God were dead. Read Malachi, 400 years before Jesus, they took them on. He says, God tells God, I wish you would stop the sacrifices, stop the tithing, stop it all because you are dead people. You're dead. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this for you. You're dead. And you're doing it just out because that's what we do in religion. Cut the religion out. Come to me and bring a full tithe and see how I will bless you. Bring a full tithe. Bring it with your heart. Bring the sacrifice in a way that is truly a sacrifice. It's truly a sacrifice. And so the church the church people then, the church people, if you will, the people of God were dead. But God, Jesus comes to start the revival. When Jesus goes, because Jesus started a revival with these 12. And there's a few others in that crowd, too. He starts a revival with the 12. Then he leaves. And the prophecy of Joel is fulfilled that I, in the final days, you're all your men and women will have the Holy Spirit poured out on them. For all who believe, all who have confessed that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, for all who have been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, have been sealed into the family of God. You have the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Are we living with such boldness in our lives? Are we living with this boldness in our lives to realize that God dwells in me? Most of us shriek. You know, hey, you know what? We need you to do something new in the church. Oh, I don't think that's for me. Hey, I need you to go out. We're going to go talk to people. We're going to go Ah, that's not for me. But, but, but why, why can't you teach Sunday school? 
Well, I was at a church one time, this is not like, it's truly not like parking. I was a church that showed up, and the church was dying. And I, and I sat down with the administrative work family. We'd like to have Sunday school, and we'd like to have this, 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 and they had a list of things that they would like. And I looked at the administrative chair, and I said, how long have you been going to church? Oh, I've been going to church for 56 years. Then why aren't you teaching Sunday school? Let's cut to the chase. Let's cut to the chase. If you want it, you can do it. Because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. And if you teach, ask Larry, and Larry has a bunch of other people who the other Sunday school class. Ask those who teach. They think, man, I don't know a whole lot. In Larry's case, I really don't know a whole lot. One of the two Larry's, probably most of Larry's, we really don't know a whole lot. But when you take Larry, one of us, one both of us, plus the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden we become educated people. Because we've been to the University of God. And the University of God says that if you will teach my word faithfully, I will give you the words of the Holy Spirit to teach. Anybody ever teach Bible study and, and think, man, I'm over my head, but when you get done with class, you're more or less than the students? That's the way it is every time I teach. Every time I preach, we got to go along. We've got to learn to have our lives depending upon the Holy Spirit. God gave us this Holy Spirit to make us that we would be baptized, we would die for ourselves and rise with Christ. And when new challenges come along, we'll accept them knowing that God is with us in these new challenges ahead. God is with us in these new challenges ahead. The purpose of the Holy Spirit was to wake up the church, to give life to the church, to make it live more abundantly. Not to have pews half full and not to have it die. Who here is depending on the very Holy Spirit for their life? So what do we do next? What do we do next? You need a self-examination. Paul says examine yourself. That should be a constant thing. As Peter said in his sermon, repent and believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. Repent and believe. Believe that Christ sent the Holy Spirit. He died on the cross for our sins, and he goes up, he sits at the right hand of the Father, and that he has sent the Holy Spirit to you and me and to this church. So we can live more abundantly, we can live bravely, and we can be without fear as you go out and do the mission of God. Be baptized. If you're not baptized, be baptized in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism does not save us. Baptism gives us the power of the Holy Spirit, seals us into the family of God. Finally, be a new creation. In that new creation, do the work of God and love all of humanity. And with that, your salvation will be secured in heaven. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. Lord, I get excited when I get to read your word and how precise you are. You're like a surgeon, Lord, that you can cut along. And Lord, we're going to realize that you gave us the Holy Spirit. We have not lived for our full potential. Lord, for those who yes. Lord, we got to, as we played the last song, if someone here doesn't realize that, that they are saved, Lord, let them come down to the day, the day, the day. Lord, let us just come to the throne of grace, the throne of mercy. And Lord, make us new creation to live in your world to bring hope and mercy and forgiveness. Amen.
Let us be the ones that have hope. 